I hope we get cute Ricky Rubio, Donovan Mitchell content on Monday night. So, oh we'll see. yeah, <laughs> I am ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. What's that from? <laughs> SpongeBob? Is that SpongeBob? I, think I don't that know. Is SpongeBob. <laughs> that is embarrassing. And also, I don't ever remember watching SpongeBob, so I don't know how I know about that. No, but, I yeah. use I use SpongeBob references usually. Me and my friends will always go two weeks later. <laughs> That's a good one, though. <laughs> Hello. Hey, everybody. Hey, we're back for another episode of Jazza Gals. We are through the all-star break. We survived. We survived and we made it to the end and the end looked pretty bad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, uh, it was definitely a rough weekend in terms of jazz basketball. Um, they definitely don't look like they had a break or maybe they did or maybe the break was too long. I'm not sure which one, (laughs) but Oh, it was a rough go of it those first two games back. They didn't look like they had a ton of energy or heart. That Spurs game, the most annoying moment is when they inbounded the ball to Rudy. And, and he just him let him take it? <laughs> yes! McCoy, yes! I literally, I was like, <laughs> I like yelled so loud at my TV. I was so mad. I was just like, because I haven't really been that mad at them this year. Like, I have been, like, I know a lot of people have been frustrated with them, but I've been trying to, like, remain optimistic. But Friday night was the first time when I was like, you guys are playing really lazy. You are playing without any focus. Like, do you even want to win? Like, what is going on? Like, that, like, I don't, like, okay, miss your shots. Like, you know, take some time figuring out the offense with each other. Get your chemistry, whatever. But, like, flat-out lazy play like that pisses me off. So I was livid on Friday night (laughs) I'm pleased to hear you were as well (laughs) yeah I was fuming because you just don't they I just I hate it when they don't play with heart or passion and yes it was the second quarter particularly it's like and they came back out in the second half and they, they were like a little bit better but it was just like the whole night felt flat yeah and Donovan seemed kind of off yeah well, and, like, Rudy's normally pretty competitive, I think, always. And, like, you, the example that you provided, it's, like, he was kind of lackadaisical that way. And even on, like, defense, I was, like, it doesn't, like, normally you're, like, this monster, like, at the rim, and it feels like you're kind of half assing it. Like, like, what in their mindset do you think is, like, leading to that? The defense didn't feel... It hasn't felt the same. I mean, they were kind of getting their groove before the break, but then yeah. to, to come back and just be so blah, it's yeah. hard to watch. It's so true. It's so frustrating. I will say, so like I was, so last night after the Houston game, I was like pretty dejected, like still annoyed at like people having meltdowns, but like also closer to the spectrum of being like, maybe these people having meltdowns are right right? More than I have been. And so last night I was like a little stressed, but then this morning I woke up and I was like, we really did shoot pretty abysmally both games. And like, 
there's no excuse for the Spurs game. Like, whatever. But it's like, if, I feel like if we had shot better last night, like, we would have had a chance. In fact, I feel like we could have won that game. So, like, even though it feels so terrible, and last night was a huge loss in terms of, like, seeding and tiebreakers and all that stuff, and, like, not refuting that, like, at least they didn't, like, play, like, as on Saturday night as they did on Friday night. I don't know. Do you agree with that? Yeah, and I also like the word <laughs> I think that's a good word. <laughs> well, I didn't know that it was not a normal word, I guess. No, I, I love it. <laughs> um, Anyways. Yeah, I totally agree. So the Houston game, they came out really looking pretty strong. Yeah. And Houston couldn't miss. I mean, what did they make, like, seven threes in a row? Yeah, no, it's it was pretty insane. Well, I feel like, well, they missed early and then they didn't miss again. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's how I felt. And, and PJ Tucker was cold until the end, but then I agree with you. Yeah. It just lights out. Well, what was comforting about them going, like making all those threes in a row is we were able to keep up. We were, especially we, in the first half. Yeah. Oh. And we had the lead at halftime. Yep. And it's and, funny because Bowler comes out and says, make sure they don't get the first punch and that's absolutely what happened yeah that is they just what happened they just punched us in the mouth in the third quarter and we just couldn't recover and I mean it was just depressing yeah they came out super motivated and I mean not, not knocking Houston they totally earned their victory last night yes 100 percent um but I just I don't know it wasn't there have been losses this year like the Spurs loss where I'm like, you deserve to lose because you played like, because you didn't play hard enough or you didn't, you know, they're just, yeah. there wasn't the effort that was required. I feel like with Houston, there was effort. There just wasn't execution. And so it's like, that's a little, as a fan, that's a little more like promising to me. Cause I'm like, well, at least they can practice trying to hit their threes. But like, can we talk about how Joe Ingles had three air balls on Saturday night? I was I I was in shock. I like <laughs> like what's happening, McCoy? What is happening? I don't know. I he did not look like himself at all. Not at all. And Boyan has not looked like himself either from three. I think since I mean at least post break these two games since we we've been back, he has not been playing very well. Maybe it's just that post All Star break funk. I yeah. I hope I hope yeah. we can get it together. I was seeing. I think someone, it might have been Sarah, tweeted that the Jazz haven't won their first game after the All Star break in like what three seasons, three or four seasons. Oh, I had I did not see that. That's an interesting like little tidbit of information. I know they've been sluggish. I went up. I remember driving up a few years ago, to, and they got their butts kicked by Portland right after mm. the All Star break. So I don't. Mm. I hope. I hope that's what's happening here is that they're just they're just getting back to themselves but I feel like they should be to the point where that doesn't happen. Yes, I feel like this like this group is too talented to like be like, "Oh yeah, we need a couple games to ease into it." It's like, "No, you guys are all really competitive, really talented pe- people. Like you should be coming back refreshed and ready to like hit it, not like, eh, we'll just, you know, figure it out." Like that's mm. Ugh, I don't know. 
it's and Donovan kind of bounced back in that second half last night. Yeah, definitely glimpses of like actual Donovan Mitchell were seen last night, which is I'm grateful for. <laughs> he gets that look in his in his eye, you know, where you're like, oh yeah. well, he's gonna try, and he did, and he scored over thirty points. It yeah. just, it just he needed help, and yeah, it's so. And I think he mentioned that it's demoralizing when you can't make shots. Mm-hmm. And then your defense suffers. So yeah. then if the other team is hot, you just can't. There's just no way you're going to catch up. Yeah. So what do you think about the heat that Quinn was taking last night for not playing Jordan Clarkson when clearly like Boyan and Joe were struggling? And Joe Jordan was like a huge spark off the bench in the first half and then didn't get much run in the fourth quarter. And so I think Quinn got a lot of heat for that. I don't really have opinions about it, but I was curious if you did. <laughs> Well, I trust him, but I did think that was a little weird that he didn't play him after he was playing so well. Yeah, I agree. Or Royce. Like, I don't know. I think I saw someone say, like, my their only criticism of Coach Quinn is that he, like, kind of lives and dies by his lineups. Like, he holds on to them pretty tightly. He very rarely deviates from them. Yeah. Just, and, like, I guess I'd never really thought about it, but that's kind of true. Like, I can think of, like maybe a handful of times when he's made decisions that have surprised me um, in terms of rotations. Like as I followed the team, like the one year that he closed, you know, the one game where he closed with faves instead of Rudy, you know, like, and that got a lot of airplay, like, because Rudy was like, well, faves has it tonight. Like, let's let him close. Um, But yeah. So I don't know. I just thought it was interesting that Jordan wasn't in there because we really needed offense at the end of the game and that's what he provides for us so but I guess we also needed to get stops so they're smarter than me and Royce made that three and then he took him out like the next the next stop ball which was strange that is so weird I just I mean I have to assume that there is method to their madness right because like we said they're smarter than us but like it's still, it just like doesn't pass the sniff test for me. And I don't, and I don't know, I don't know why. <laughs> so, and they don't have to explain themselves to me, obviously, <laughs> but kind of interesting. Yeah. Besides the jazz losses. Yeah. How was, how was the rest of your all-star break week? Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was miserable. <laughs> okay. Uh, I just, okay. So I almost was, this sounds weird, but I was almost grateful there weren't jazz games because like, on basically Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of this week, all I felt capable of doing was like laying in my bed perfectly still. And when I tell you why, you're going to think I'm crazy. <laughs> but all right, let's hear it. Okay. So I got my first cold sore, which I know people listening who have had cold sores are like, you're a freaking baby. Like they're not that bad. And I'm here to tell you that my cold sore was not that bad. But the freaking virus that attacked my entire mouth was so bad. It's literally like, the worst sickness I've ever, ever felt. I had like open wounds and canker sores all throughout my mouth, all over my tongue. My gums were so swollen. You know how when you get braces and then you get your braces off and your gums are kind of just like swollen? My gums were like as swollen as when I got my braces off when I was like 15. Like they were so bad. And it's like, if I touched my gums, they would bleed. And like my throat was covered in sores, my tonsils. I, I could not like I didn't eat. I literally just weighed myself. I lost eight pounds this week, which I'm grateful for. But like, <laughs> it was so so miserable. And 
thanks shout out to my mom she like was so nice and took care of me but like I like feel kind of silly because I complained about it a lot because at first I didn't really know what it was at first I thought I was just like getting a cold and then as the week progressed I was like oh this is a cold sore and then I was like oh how did I get a cold sore and I was like oh that's how I got a cold sore (laughs) oh oh that realization hits (laughs) yeah I um I made some questionable choices two weeks ago, I guess. Um, basically, I hoed it up and I got bit, literally. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> okay, let me like preface the story and say that I don't normally do this. I really don't. But so like, two, I guess it was two weeks from yesterday. So two two Saturdays ago, I went on a second date with this boy. We're gonna call him. Teddy because that's just what we're gonna call him so (laughs) I went on a date with Teddy and Teddy kissed me and we like made out a little bit it was fine he got a little aggressive and he like bit my lip and legit made it bleed which (gasps) I was like not super into but like whatever (laughs) so we like did that and then like afterwards I was like chatting with him and I could kind of get the vibe like he, he basically was like yeah I broke up with a girl two weeks ago and so I was like oh you're rebounding like that's what this was for you which like I was a little disappointed because like I actually was kind of like starting to like him and he was like treating it like he was trying to date me but then I like cl- it was like pretty clear I was like oh he's just rebounding this sucks so anyway so like he and I continued to kind of talk but like things fizzle it out but so that same Saturday night <laughs> after the date I like get on Twitter and this boy had slid into my DMs and we're gonna call him Owen (laughs) so Owen slid into my DMs and (laughs) and like we hit it off like really well and like let me tell you how cute he is he we were like talking that night and he was like oh I just like found this new podcast and like the girl on it seems really cute so I figured I should listen to it to see if I could get tips for dating her but really I just found out that like she loves Diet Coke so, like, McCoy, he listened to the first episode of our podcast. Like, Aww. isn't that so cute? That's <laughs> like, so sweet. I was, yeah, I was, like, really puddly, like, in his hands. Like, I was like, oh, this boy is sweet. I'm into it. So, that happens the same Saturday night. We start talking. So, then he and I go to the Miami Heat jazz game on Wednesday, the following Wednesday. And so... um, I still kind of have a sore on my lip from what happened with Teddy the previous Saturday. And so anyways, so things go go really well with Owen and I, and we end up (laughs) making out on Wednesday. And then we go on a second date on Friday, and we made out that night too. Oops. And so, but anyways, so. (laughs) Oops. And I was like, I like told Owen, I was like, you have to be careful. Like, you have to be careful. My lip hurts really bad because of this sore on my lip. And so anyways, lo and behold, like two or three days later, I'm like, holy cow, what is this thing on my lip? And so I text Owen and I'm like, do you ever get cold sores? And he was like, yeah, like all the time. And I was like, damn it. (laughs) So because I had this open sore on my lip from making out with Teddy, and then I made out with this. Owen kid who gets cold sores I got infected with the herpes and I was just like so mad at myself because like I never do this I never do and now I really won't ever again because the only moral of this story is like you just shouldn't kiss any boys <laughs> because it was so miserable so Aww. anyways how was your break <laughs> well it wasn't as exciting as that unfortunately <laughs> Oh, man. Well, I don't know if I would call it exciting, McCoy. 
Well, I've never had a cold sore before, but I am Ugh. super pain intolerant, especially <laughs> when it comes to my mouth area. So it's when the I worst, right? It's terrible. I got my tongue tie fixed and I thought I was going to die. <laughs> okay. So wait, how old were you when you were when you got your tongue tie fixed? Twenty eight. What? <laughs> Normally they this do when people are like little, right? <laughs> Yeah, I did it this last last summer, I think. Oh my gosh. And that sounds miserable. It was horrible. I, I, I didn't, they're like, oh, it won't hurt very much. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. Yeah. Because, you know, I I wanted to be able to lick ice cream without pain. And yeah. um, allegedly it makes kissing better, but I haven't noticed a difference. <laughs> so. Oh man, you're not kissing right if you're not noticing a difference, McCoy. I guess not. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> oh man clearly i have no place to give advice about kissing <laughs> i make bad choices oh man anyways yes. so like what was like tell me more about this like recovery because so i assume so tongue time means like the bottom of your tongue is a like kind of like you can't lift it up really high right so do they just like go in and snip it yep so i couldn't touch the roof, roof of my mouth with my tongue i couldn't stick it out very far like oh, licking okay. ice cream like would hurt like I I'd have Aww. to like it was just very sad that is like <laughs> real tragedy right I there. know <laughs> so I go into the dentist and I just ask them ask them about it because it's just something I found out I had when I got my braces and I just never did anything about it and so they're like well yeah it's really easy it doesn't hurt very bad we'll just numb you and then use this laser to snip it off okay so, I go in there and they do it and it smells horrible for one thing. Ew. Oh my gosh. I don't even want I to thought think it, about that. And then it's done. And I'm just like, uh, I can't talk. <laughs> <laughs> and then I go into work and I'm just talking like this. Oh and, no. Um, all of a sudden the pain starts to hit and it's just like, like I can't even drink. Like it, oh. it hurts so bad. And I know I'm just a baby. No, but you're not. <laughs> And you have to do all these like exercises with your tongue and it oh it was so it was like tongue rehab. It was terrible. Oh, that sounds <laughs> terrible. I feel like like face and like mouth injuries and like sores and pain is like I don't know, maybe I'm a baby, but it's the worst because it really does impact like everything. Like I'm very aware of like like my mouth is still healing. And right now as I'm talking, like it hurts a little bit to talk, right? And I haven't eaten anything today. It just like impacts everything. So I can't imagine how like surgery <laughs> and then like relearning how to use your tongue post-surgery <laughs> would like, I can't even imagine trying to do that. Yeah, it was wild, but it is done. So now I have a somewhat normal tongue. I didn't know you all were curious. <laughs> you guys, so. you men heard it here first. McCoy has a somewhat normal tongue. Get in line, <laughs> fellas. <laughs> oh, <man>. Wow! <laughs> well, hey, um, I'm just wing womaning out here for you. Don't be mad. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of sad that everyone's sliding into your DMs and no one's sliding into mine. I must not be as interesting. Oh, whatever. I doubt that's true. I, I I'm just. I bet you're just teasing. not as open about it as I am. <laughs> I'm just like. <laughs> about my life oh man yeah so anyways it was 
rough week without jazz ba- jazz basketball and then rough week like rougher week even more on top of it <laughs> so yeah we're all glad you're feeling a little bit better you're so nice everyone on twitter has been really nice about things anyway should we get to our segment this week our our plans yeah let's our- let's go to our topic yeah okay awesome Okay, guys, so this week on Twitter, I was, um, I had this interesting interaction with um, this guy. Oh, I can't remember his Twitter handle. I think it might be NBA GIAM or something like that. But he like made some tweet about like the cheapest way to get likes here is to like shit on jazz uh, fans for not being supportive. Um, and he's like pretending like we're not actually like the most loyal fan base ever. And like, I responded to that and I was like, that's funny because my most like tweets are about how much I miss Derek favors. <laughs> and he was like, that totally proves my point. And I was like, Oh yeah, no jazz fans are hella loyal <laughs> for sure. I was just saying like getting the most likes from people who want to like on the fans, like that kind of just depends on who you follow and like your, you know, and who you let follow you basically. But it got me thinking about like, what is like, the like what are the core values of a utah jazz fan and honestly i think loyalty is number one because if you think about it like we are like obsessed with so many of our former players like like you said we're excited for ricky rubio to come back on monday and like i'm obsessed with Derek favors and so many people are and like the guy responded to me and he, he pointed out he's like yeah, I feel like someone who, um, like Derek Favors, who was drafted really high, he like he was a good play- player for us, but for us, but he like didn't like turn it didn't turn into like a championship or anything like that, and it like until Rudy and Donovan came along, it didn't turn into like very many playoff berths, and so it's like other fan bases would look at that second round pick as like a bust, but we are like we love him, we like have no qualms with Derek Favors, right? And so, and like Exum Island was a thing forever. And so there's all this like loyalty going on. And then I'm like, well, there's players that we hate. But then when I think about it, the reason that we hate most of those players is because they weren't loyal to us, right? Right. Like you were saying like Gordon Hayward broke your heart and we hate him because he left. Or it's like, we didn't, we don't really like Ennis Cantor because he had these, he like had shitty things to say about the jazz or same with Trey Lyles. Um, or like Derek, I mean, Derek Fisher, right? He lied to get out of his contract. These people who are not loyal to us are the only like former Jasmine that we don't really like. And so I just feel, and I feel like that's why we police each other's fandom so much is we're just like, you're not being loyal. (laughs) Stop. So I don't know. I just thought it was kind of interesting. And I'm curious what your thoughts are about that. And like what you think some of the other jazz, like core jazz fan core values are. Yes. And I think even with fan, with players, who uh-huh. have left in a in a not so great way, like Darren Williams, he's come back and asked for forgiveness from Coach Sloan. And I think the majority of the fan base has forgiven him. Yeah. So even he's he's back into the fold. I mean, that loyalty doesn't have to go away. And I think even with Gordon, a lot of people are like, okay, that's enough. Like mm-hmm. he he broke his he broke his leg and there was a lot of support. I mean, it's it's tough because there are players, and we do boo a lot, but <laughs> <laughs> but mostly opposing teams. And if it's returning players, it's like we have a reason for sure. Yes, exactly. And I think I think you're right. I think the Utah Jazz fan values number one is loyalty. I think that's a great observation to go along with that. I I also put pride, passion, and knowledge. Okay. 
okay yeah no I can see all that so like like how does the pride come into play for you we often get accused of having an inferiority complex which there, <laughs> there is truth to I get it but uh, I think maybe a we, little <laughs> yeah but I know for me personally and a lot of other jazz fans I know including you feel really hurt and embarrassed when we get this reputation that jazz fans are racist they're mm-hmm. mean they're the worst they mm-hmm. I I mean I know that hurts me because I don't feel like that's how I am but yeah. I, love, I love my team and I know it happens and I know it happens everywhere else but it's been spotlighted here a lot mm-hmm. and I think that's really disappointing I have a lot of pride in my team in my state in my mm-hmm. fan fan base so when those things happen I mean it hurts yeah that's a really good point because I think that nothing like that gets me pretty defensive pretty fast when people like make when non-jazz fans like external people make blanket statements about how awful jazz fans are like that gets me pretty heated and then when other jazz fans like are like say things that I appear to be disloyal to the team that also gets my blood boiling. So I think you've like kind of nailed it. Cause those are the two, like, as I'm thinking about myself, the two things that most effectively get a reaction out of me are like people being disloyal and people like saying mean things about us. And I like feel really like visceral reaction to that because it's not true because I think you're right. I have a sense of pride in who I feel like we are. So and when it also comes to our jazz fan base, I feel like there are different levels of fandom. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, I know people who are fall into that fair weather fan category where they only follow mm-hmm. the team and they're doing well. And then when mm-hmm. they start to lose games, they, they kind of stop watching and they don't, they come to me and say things like Rudy Gobert is just a gangly um, guy who can't do anything. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, are you even paying attention? <laughs> no, you are not. <laughs> no, but they still consider themselves a jazz fan, but it's just a different mm. level. I mean, I think there's diehard. I think there's fair weather. I yeah. think there's casual. It's, But I think pride is something all of us can relate to when it yeah. comes to our favorite team. Yeah. I also think like in those categories that you listed, I feel like there's types of fans. Like I feel like I'm a diehard fan, but like I'm not over here like scrutinizing the X's and O's. I'm not over here like looking into all these like you know fancy advanced analytics metrics like that's not the type of fan that I am like I really care about like the funny social media interactions that the jazz players have and like I feel like I know enough about the game to obviously care about the X's and O's and like I love following people like Riley Gisman and I think is that how you say his name and like Dan Clayton who do love that kind of stuff but to me it's like I feel like I can be a diehard without being like a basketball savant um I don't know. Do you kind of, how do you feel about that? Cause I feel like there's people like me where it's like, I'm more in it for the fun, I guess. I don't, I don't know how to describe it, but do you kind of see those kind of different types of diehard jazz fans as well? Oh yes, definitely. Okay. And I do like that, that basketball, you know, that fundamental basketball stuff, knowledge. That's mm-hmm. and that. That's another value that comes into play. I'll talk about later, but okay. Um, I do think that it's it's so fun to talk to these different fans who are diehards, but maybe, like you said, just don't don't get into it as much. Um, the in depth analysis. 
Yeah. Because because it is fun. It's supposed to be fun. It's yeah. sports. And we we care about these players as people and they become such a big part of our lives that you don't have to know all the the itty bitty details to to not love it with all your heart. Yeah. But I will say like as I have like interacted and followed with people who are like in the itty bitty like nitty gritty details, I feel like my like game watching experience has totally been like enhanced and heightened. And so like, I I'm I'm grateful for like this like slew of different types of jazz fans because it like opens my mind. Like even the ones who like tend to be like more emotionally reactive or more like like pessimistic like even then it's like I, I it's a good balance I mean I hate when they're just like like I hate when people today are like we're gonna be the fifth seed and play Houston again I'm like there's still so much that can happen like yeah that's a possibility but like let's not like get all worked up about it until it's a for sure thing right like let's get worked up in the sense that like let's hope that they start playing better so that they can try to avoid that but, like, I'm not going to just, like, beat myself up and, like, get really dejected because, you know, I don't know. So yeah. seeing those perspectives help help temper my, like, really high optimism, which I think can also be a little, you know, not – it's not – that's not realistic either. So it's good. Anyways. Yeah, and I, <laughs> I think after a loss, I like to be more around people who are – more optimistic and like it's mm-hmm. gonna be okay like and, and instead of the people who are like this seed getting kicked yeah. out the first round again that's all we're yeah. good meh, meh, meh. and I'm like oh, oh I just I just want to feel hopeful and... yes same like I'm like wallowing is like put takes me to a dark place and it's like I don't want to do that like yeah. I need to go to a place where I can be hopeful yeah no I know so I saw some guy last night and he was like this is ridiculous we're gonna we're on the bottom and I was like the bottom like chill out and he was like I'm at the bottom of the west I was like we're not even the bottom of the west the bottom of the west is people who aren't in playoff contention like I get that you're saying we're the bottom of the playoff contenders but it's like that's we're not like the bottom is a little bit excessive like relax the playoffs are a whole different beast too. And Mm -hmm. there are situations that change and, you know, game plans change. And I think about that season, I know it was different because the expectations weren't as high, but when you go in and you're playing the Clippers first round and you end up Mm -hmm. knocking them out of the series, no one expected that. Yeah. Same with OKC. The Thunder either. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, Maybe we will face the Rockets again, but maybe maybe something will be different this year. I mean, yeah, I just want to keep that hope, and maybe it won't be different. But yeah, I'm I'm still gonna try to be positive and hopeful. I do feel like they have kind of worked out a game plan that is doable against the Rockets. Like I have, I I don't know. I feel like if our shots drop yesterday, we're totally in that game. And you know, and if they shoot, if we both shoot closer to our average, we're in that game tomorrow at, from three, right? Right, because they were shooting lights out from three, and we were shooting pretty terrible, which seems to be the story when we play Houston, which is unfortunate. But um, yeah, anyways, yeah. <sighs> but I, I also, like I said, I put down passion and then knowledge. And the thing I was going to say about knowledge is, I yeah. think a lot of people in Utah, I see on Twitter all the time that you know Utahns don't know basketball, meh meh meh. But mm-hmm. I think Utahns actually have a pretty good feel for how basketball works i mean yeah 
every, I mean, if you're LDS, there's a basketball court in every church. Yeah. <laughs> well, and Tony church- Jones has basically said that. He's like, there's so much accessibility to basketball courts here that, like, a lot of people play basketball and they play it at a high level. So they understand it. Yeah. Right? Have, exactly. I feel like he's said that before. He has, yes. And I I totally agree with him. I mean, I grew up on basketball. I mean, in, in my small hometown where I grew up, that's yeah. what that's what gets people through the winter because yeah. it's so cold and it's not busy. There's it it, it runs on tourism. So yeah. it slows down in the winter. So I mean basketball is it's a lot of, it's at the heart of a lot of things here in Utah. And I, I think people don't understand that we do know what we're talking about when it comes to basketball. No, totally. I like talked to my grandma yesterday who lives in Brigham city and it's like, she can barely (laughs) remember anything, but like she can hold a really like strong conversation about the jazz. Like we talked about the Spurs game and she's just like, they just weren't hustling very hard out there. Were they, you know, it's like a really like cute old lady thing to say, but it's like, she's like tuned in enough to know like, what the issues are and be able to like put a name to them. Right. Like she's not just like, Oh, they're not playing well. And they lost. She was just like, Oh, they weren't trying very hard. And why wasn't Rudy trying to block him more? <laughs> like, you know, it's rudimentary, but it's still there. And yeah. So yeah. Anyways, I agree. I think that at least all the people I interact with are really knowledgeable about it. Yeah. I feel like I'm on the low end of the, of the knowledge <laughs> spectrum when it comes to the chat. No, I think you're selling yourself short. So, so we're, we, we've got knowledge on there. So those, are, For those sure. are the ones I put on. Are there any other values that you would add to that list? Um, I like your passionate one. I think that that's, I think that that's really good. And then um, I don't know. I don't know. I guess I just feel like it's such a generational thing, right? Like since they since they were like the only professional gig in town for like a long time. I mean, now we have this, you know, we have Real and we've always had like the Triple A B's team and whatnot, but I think the Jazz are like the unifying uh franchise for Utah, right? Cuz you know, you've got the BYU Utah rivalry, but the Jazz are so unifying that like I feel like generations of families it's something they relate to each other over and so and I think that that's true of a lot of sports franchises but um but yeah I think Utah Utah jazz roots run deep a lot of the time I guess it's the only thing I would add (laughs) I like that so anyways so yeah we're just loyal and prideful and passionate over here (laughs) (laughs) and traditional oh yes we are pretty traditional. <laughs> is that the one that is that the word that w- you would put with your runs? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, I think that that's a good way to put it. It's a it's a family tradition to be a jazz fan, basically type thing. Yeah, no, that's a good. I'm sorry, I like missed the connection on that. I love it. And you know what? That's <laughs> another value. What? Well, I don't know if it's really a value. Love. <laughs> As in Kevin Love. <laughs> You know what that means. And now it's time for McCoy's Love Notes. It's about to get steamy in here. It's time for Love Notes with McCoy. Woohoo! <laughs> All right. What do you got for me this week, McCoy? It's your favorite part of the day. I know it. <laughs> so, Kevin Love. His mm-hmm. dad is named Stan. 
Stan? His, yes, Stan okay. Love. Okay. And his Stan's brother, so Kevin's uncle, is named Mike. Okay. And it's very fascinating, I know. <laughs> I'm like, Mike so and far, Stan. I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> and so Mike, Kevin Love's uncle, is a founding member of the Beach Boys. Oh, what? Yeah. Like, uh, he, like, participates in the Beach Boys? Like, as a musician? Yeah, he was a founding <laughs> member. I don't know if he is with them anymore, but his name is Mike Love. Oh, my um, gosh. And so his uh, cousin, Mike and Stan's cousin, um, uh-huh. is Brian Wilson. Okay. And then um, they're also they're also related to Carl Wilson and Dennis Wilson. And they were, you know, Beach Boys oh my related. Gosh. Do you know what this means, McCoy? What does the it Beach mean? Boys are gonna sp- sing at your wedding. That's right. <laughs> How do you feel about that? I am very excited. I Aruba, am Jamaica. Ooh, ooh I, wanna I wanna take you <laughs> to Utah. Utah. <laughs> Come to Utah, Kevin. Oh man. So, that is so funny. I really did not know that. That's hilarious. I didn't know that either until I was doing my research for Love Notes. So, you know, it could not be true, but... <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. If it's true on our podcast, it's true. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's right. If it's said well, on our podcast, it's true. <laughs> he also has an aunt named Kathleen, and okay. she is an accomplished triathlete. So, Oh, well, look at that. Yeah, All good for Kathleen. success in the Love family. Yes. What are he you going to also... bring to the table, McCoy? Uh, well, like I said, I have a great personality. <laughs> that you do. I'm and your tongue you is no longer tied. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'm what you call a sweet spirit. Oh, gosh. You are way more than that, and you know it. Anyways, so now that we've done that, should we wrap it up with our social media post of the week? Let's wrap it up. I think I only have two words to say to you about the social media post of the week. Are you ready? I'm ready. Rudy's abs. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) They were the scenes dealer on social media for me this week. 100%. Hello. Yes. And I also two love pictures of them. Two. <laughs> yeah, two. And the one he was doing this pose, was it, did he call it the dragon pose? <laughs> I think so, yeah. I Damn. That popped up and I was just like, whoa, hello. <laughs> you can count them. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh man. I like promise I'm not like super thirsty all the time for Jasmine, but like when they deliver, you gotta acknowledge it so that they keep delivering. <laughs> well, just the, that that sequence of photos, like he's in the water. Uh-huh. So and then he's just yeah I that was just a, that was just an excellent post. Really. It was it was so good. And then you reposted one of Boyan last night coming into the game, and he was like in that turtleneck, and you were like, "Is he the next cast member of Knives Out?" Which one I thought was clever. And two, I was like, "Oh, Boyan, <sighs> so handsome." 
and he has the beard you... back so you were probably loving it oh i love the scruff <laughs> and he looks good he looks like he got a little tan while he was on break and rudy we're... too yeah they both look a little little more tan and did so do you think boyan is uh-huh. one of the most stylish do you think he's the most stylish uh team mate member of the utah jazz I don't know. I feel like I got to give that to Mike Conley. Like, did you see the suit he wore on Friday night? That was something. I liked it. I I love outlandish and I love color. So, like, I was super loving it. And I just, I thought he looked great. So, I personally, like, for the type of thing, the style that I like, I would pick uh, Mike Conley. But, like, if you like streetwear type stuff, then you, like, go more Donovan, Jordan Clarkson type thing, right? Right. So I guess it kind of just depends on your personal preferences. But, like, Boyan has, like, you know, European spy down on lock. <laughs> he looks so good. It's so true. <laughs> I loved his shoes last night, too. They yeah. were so cool. Yes. Better than his red shoes with everything. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. But, yeah, no, he looks so good when he wears a turtleneck. So good. Yes. Yeah, because was he wearing a turtleneck in that um, where he's wearing all black? Yeah, uh-huh. And with the leather jacket? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. He sure is. <laughs> oh, boy. Rudy also looks good in turtlenecks. Rudy's style that. is interesting, too. I liked his leopard print shirt. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Do you remember Rudy, that? I, think is, I do remember that. I think Rudy is, like, has more variety, and it's kind of, like, kind of keeps you guessing because it's kind of fun. Because it's, like, he'll show up in, a, like, a track suit one time. And then he'll show up in a hot pink suit to win Defensive Player of the Year. And then he'll wear a leopard shirt. <laughs> and then, you know, it's just it's kind of all over the place. But I like it. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, I guess we should probably say goodbye. We'll wrap it up this week. So thank you guys, as always, for listening. You're the best. And... Let's hope we have more happy things to talk about on our episode next week. That's right. Goodbye, everyone. Bye.